You're listening to a Mind Cherry podcast. Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy. I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler Hogan. We met as actors in the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on and around a bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, Happy New Year, Malin. Happy New Year, Kelly. And to all of our listeners, we've missed you all. We've missed you so much. I really felt a physical ache not doing this podcast. Yes, absolutely. But I'm feeling rejuvenated. I think I had a a restful holiday. And January, yeah, is off to a, a pretty good start. How about yours, Kelly? Mine is great. I have to say, after taking some time off of Raya and the apps to be focused Mm -hmm. and centered on family, I'm ready to get back out there and really be hitting them hard. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is to put myself out there romantically and... Uh, So far, it's going pretty well. What about you, Mullen? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Well, you know what? I'm trying to write every day. Good for you. Yeah, I just this acting stuff. I just can't keep putting my, you know, all my eggs in that one basket. And I talk about writing a lot. But am I am I doing it is the thing. And so I'm just I'm just starting with little five minute micro sprints Every day. That's what I'm doing. I'm setting just just the simplest, easiest goal. I'm doing a five-minute sprint every morning. Now, is that with Pomodoro technique or it is. It when you set the tomato? Okay. Yeah, Pomodoro. And I think the standard there is 20 minutes. But for me, I tried it and I just, I was out of words after, oh, yeah. after about four. So I'm pushing to five <laughs> and really, I'm enjoying it, Kelly. I, you know, you know me, I, I do, I have probably always longed to be a writer, but um, yeah, these little five-minute bursts I'm finding really fruitful. Sometimes I think, hey, this could be a movie idea. You know? Yeah. <gasps> wow. So. Hey, speaking of movie ideas, mm-hmm. we met with a writer about potentially our first project for Morning Story. And yeah. just Exciting. for listeners who have been following along with our nascent production company, we liked what we saw when we met with this gentleman. Uh, we, we won't share his name because... No. Well, you know, we've heard that there are there are some nasty allegations against him. Yeah, uh, and we don't need everyone Googling and writing in to let us know. So we're going to keep his name private for now. Right. There are allegations, but, you know, it's it's a little he said, she said at this stage. And I think, look, the script is good. The script is, is good. And, and he was honestly, he was lovely to us on, on the yes. Zoom. And of course, we believe women. But at the same time, yes. until something conclusive is is proven, I think, yeah, we're both, you know, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, I would say. Yeah, I mean, and I, if, if you take his behavior towards us as any indication, he is a, a lovely guy, I think. So we, we can only, you know, move forward with the information that we have at the time. Yes. And, and so that's, that's how we're operating. And I mean, guys, the script is just so the story is just Ugh. incredible. It's it's you couldn't, I think for a first project from a production company like ours, you couldn't imagine a better story. So Ugh, hard to, hard to pass up. everything we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that, well, I, we won't get into details because uh, we will, we'll want you guys to just go see it in theaters, but it is, um, it's an exciting journey for us to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of exciting journeys, 
Listen, we've got the most of season four to recap for you all. I know. And we're going to pick back up with that exciting journey right about now, aren't we? We are. Today, we are so lucky to be talking about season four, episode three, with just us two girls. You know, no guest today. Hope that's okay with everyone. <laughs> yeah, hope it's okay. Let us know if it's not. Again, um, mm-hmm. I know we've had listeners in the past, Jenna B and those folks writing in and telling us, hey, yeah. you know, when it's just you two, you get a little off the rails. And uh, But hopefully, with the synopsis to keep us on track, you will enjoy this episode. Yes. And next week, we've got a special guest lined up for you, a, an actor who had an amazing, really interesting, really sort of bizarre arc on the show that we're excited to talk to you all about. But for today, we are recapping season four, episode three. Melon, you want to read that synopsis? Absolutely. Tom and Lily do a secret date night on the bus after hours, but unbeknownst to them, Frankie sees. Meanwhile, Sammy starts a side hustle. Uh, Now, this episode has everything you can expect from an episode of TV written by Dom Russo, who at this point had taken on story editor powers and um, gotten a little, yeah, a little title bump and a little more responsibility in the writer's room. Yeah, we were thrilled for Dom. And as you guys know, I think we've talked about before, you know, the writer of each episode gets to be on set when we're filming and gets to offer up you know, alt line reads or when we realize when the director realizes, oh, this isn't working, we need to rewrite on the fly. You know, Dom is there with his laptop, just clack, clack, clacking away and spitting out just brilliance in a matter mm-hmm. of minutes. I don't I don't know how any of them do it, but I would say Dom is one of my one of my favorites because when Dom's in the room, in the writer's room, his, you know, genius is getting a little bit I won't say limited, but tamped down almost right. by by everyone mm-hmm. else in the writer's room. But when he's the only writer on set Mm-hmm. He he gets to be a pure Dom. Yes, pure Dom writing on the themes that he loves, which are, you know, related to his Italian American heritage. So family, food. Yes. Um, and we've got a little of both in this episode. You know, Tom and Lily have this clandestine, sweet little date on the bus where Tom, mm-hmm. you know, brings candles, puts out a tablecloth, makes her a spaghetti dinner, and yeah. they're enjoying it on the bus. Uh, you know, in what they think is privacy, mm-hmm. but unbeknownst to them, Frankie and his skateboard gang have decided to try to skateboard around the bus depot and he mm-hmm. catches a glimpse of them. Uh, and then he's sort of forced to reckon with, oh, this, this bus driver is sort of a father figure to me. Do I, I had no idea this was going on. Do I keep it from the rest of the bus or, you know, what do I do? Right. Yeah. I, I thought the psychology of, of Frankie that we get into here is really it's kind of moving, you know, here's a kid whose parents clearly, well, I won't say they don't like him, but they're, but they're not around. And, and so we right. can extrapolate. And, and yeah, I don't think that Lily really wants to be a mother figure. And that's so that the fun storyline that comes up between you, w- between Lily and Jackie, which you played so well, um, is fun because you're kind of giving her motherly advice down the line. And um, it's maybe a little a little overwrought because they're not actually adopting Frankie, but, but it was, right. it was nice to explore and, and keep harping on that, that motherhood theme for your character. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a treat to be involved in this. And Frankie, we get a little insight into him that we haven't had so far in this show where, you know, he's sort of the teen on the bus. He's playing his music loud. We see a sort of sweeter side to him where he, he decides, you know, he's happy for Tom and he wants Tom to enjoy this new love in his life and seeing him talk to his 
peers in the skateboard gang too, you see, wow, that's a, it's a real sweetness and a sensitivity that he has. These other teen boys don't necessarily have. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's sweet to be able to explore a, a character this way. And again, all of this woven in to a narrative with such great jokes and, and hilarious yeah. moments, you know, totally, totally. And I think too, it's worth talking about. We got a listener question asking us, is Frankie aging throughout the series? Because I think he's referred to as a sophomore in the first four seasons. And what a good catch. I didn't wow. notice it myself. I so. didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that he's a senior by the end of the show. But I, I think we'll have to all discover that uh, as we rewatch together. As we watch. But, but yeah, I guess he does spend the first four seasons as a sophomore. Right. In a world where time does seem to pass in a normal way. So that is, <laughs> again, a great catch by this this listener, yeah. the fan base of Riding Around never misses a beat. And I know you guys are on those Reddit forums and Tumblrs. And this is the first time any of it's coming to us because, you know, we try not to get involved in the Internet life of no. the show. We think that's its, its thing. It's separate. Yeah, we'd go crazy if if we did. I think, you know, something to think about. I'm just spitballing here using trying to put my writer hat on. But I wonder if Frankie's issues at home have him struggling academically and maybe... <sighs> repeating the grade multiple times, you know, just if we're looking for a reason, a justification, I'm throwing that out there. Um, so maybe it's not right. a mistake on anyone's part. Maybe that's, uh, you know, you know what, you know who we should text is Dom, because I think, you know, obviously the writers write for everyone, but they all have right. their favorites. And I, I would guess just knowing their personalities that Dom probably really liked writing for the character of Frankie. So yes. he's, he's the one to ask. Definitely. I would also say that as we rewatch, I myself am noticing other storylines that I hadn't, maybe I hadn't been on set that day filming, or maybe I hadn't read oh. the script as closely. You know, normally I would try to read an entire script, of not course. just my short yeah. parts right. in it. But sure, there are days when you're tired, when you've got childcare yeah. to worry about, and you don't always read the whole thing. So it's possible that I'm just not remembering. Maybe there, there very well may have been acknowledgments on the show of, Hey, this is why this this stuff is happening for Frankie, and that's possible too. Um, that's possible as we too. rewatch it all with sharper eyes this time. You know, mm -hmm. not just for our own storylines, but for everything that's happening globally on the show. I think, yeah, maybe we'll we'll get more of that perspective, the perspective of other characters, and we might even be able to have Harvey Gordon back on the podcast to talk to us about the evolution of Frankie's character over the seasons because oh yeah it'd be nice to check back in yeah I don't know why I went straight to asking the writer I should ask the actor who inhabited the character for seven seasons I mean obviously he would know or he would have you know come up with some sort of thinking or reasoning well behind. he's been busy you know we saw him at the Golden well, Globes with yes, his friend Kevin Hart that was so fun yeah they did yeah. a really really fun bit on the red carpet together where yeah. Harvey <laughs> was giving Kevin a piggyback ride and then they swapped it was yes. hilarious it's yeah. so cute you know I would have loved to be there in person but seeing photos yeah. is also such a fun way to celebrate these you know these awards that are a really beautiful yeah. part of the industry and the community that we totally. all share. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it was also, you know, kind of sweet and fun to see um, Gus up there for miniseries, something, you know, he didn't win, but, you know, nominated. Yes. And to see his face in that crowd. That's always, that's always fun. I texted him a, a congrats on, on the nomination and, and he's very gracious, obviously, um, in his reply. Yeah, Kelly, I don't know if the Globes have come up before, but we should talk about our experience. 
years ago at this point, obviously. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, listen, it went better than our Emmys experience where you wore a sheer <laughs> dress that right, showed right. up just totally see-through in all the Getty images. <sighs> right. Uh, a right. hilarious memory for me. And we, we did, I think, touch on this in our, yeah. in our episode with Erica Jane from NBC PR. And we do get emails from perverts quite often asking us to to post those images. And I will say, I looked after that episode, I looked to see if we could find them, if, if anything would, would be postable even. And, and they're, they're just not. And I actually had emailed Getty and asked them to remove them from the site. So good luck mm-hmm. to the perverts out there who are trying to find those. Right. It's what you think, you know, it, it looks like whatever you're imagining. Good luck to those perverts, though. So our experience with the Golden Globes is actually a funny one, because I think the year we would have attended... Mm-hmm. would have been 2008 when Andrea, our friend Andrea Merman, who played Lily, she was nominated, but because of the strike, they didn't, they didn't do the big dinner. <laughs> so, yeah. which like I get, I totally get it. Um, of course, of course they shouldn't, but we, we did as a cast have kind of a fun party over at Andrea's um, and we all watched, you know, hoping she'd win and, and, and she didn't. But when Tina Fey wins the award, you can't be mad, you know. You can't be mad. And and in a way, She's I think it was the queen. probably good that she didn't win because it meant that we all still felt like equals. I And and I don't know how other casts handle it, but when someone comes back, right. an award winner, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's, there's something Dynamic there. shifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Good way to put it. Uh, but enough about awards, because that's not why we do it. Really, right? No. You know, we got into this just for a love of storytelling and performance, and right. Isn't that so easy to forget, though, when you are, for example, watching the Golden Globes on television and you're thinking, wow, you know, you start to get sucked into all these dark thoughts. I don't know about you, Mullen. For me, I definitely feel that way. I see all these young folks, you know, really yeah. killing the game. And, and I think, wow, that used to be me, and it's not anymore. And it, it's important to remember that the storytelling is why I got into it. It's not the fancy dresses. Yeah. It's not the, the, the dinners and the, the trophies. It's because we love to tell stories. And that's exactly what we are doing with Morning Story, our production company. You're so we right. We're doing the work and we have to hope the accolades will follow, but we can't chase the accolades, you know? Right, right. No, that's a good point because obviously I do, I do have a, a one-sided, you know, uh, rivalry with Sarah Snook. Well, I guess we should ask her if right. she, she feels similarly toward me. But yeah, anytime I see her winning, I, I, on the one hand, I'm thrilled uh, for the representation. Right. Redhead representation. And on yeah. the other hand, I'm like, ah, but if I were cast, I could, prob- I could probably do that. I could probably right. do that. I don't know. She, she can cry on command. So it's, you know, I, I, would, I would certainly need to practice. I would need to practice that. Yes. Yeah. But that's all it is, Mullen. It's practice. It's a muscle. Yeah. And like any muscle, it strengthens with use. And we just haven't been acting in a while. So that's, yes. you know, and, and also people have tools, right? They have tricks. They have little uh, drops they put in their eyes sometimes. That's true. I bet she has a lot of cry. tricks. Yeah. Right. And who's to say she's not using drops? We don't right. know. Because we, we weren't there on the set of Succession. That's a good point. And uh, let's see, what what lady won for comedy? Oh, Io at Debris. Yeah, see, I haven't seen The Bear, so I can't comment. That's probably very well-deserved. And, and also, I did see a clip of her going around thanking her agents and managers' assistants. And I thought, well, isn't that yes. lovely? That's really yes. nice. Carly sent that to you, didn't she? Yeah. I think she felt really represented by that. And I told her, well, you don't assist an agent or a manager. Like, it's a little bit of a 
different job than the one that I always speaking of, but, but right. I guess, sure. Like under the banner of assistance. Yeah. You're in there. She'd been a great sounding board as I try to work out. How do I feel about working with a writer who's been accused of something? You know, she's just always there right. to listen to me and just hear me out and why, why I'm making the decisions I'm making. Right. Yeah. That's so helpful. And you know, she has, she sort of warned us in a way, Hey, I, I don't know if I love this for a, a women owned company to be working, yeah. to yeah. be starting out with a male writer who is not only not the target audience for our work, but also potentially accused of, uh, you know, harassment. And yeah. to that, we say we're listening, Carly. And yes. And I think if she were, and I, I'll probably invite him over at some point just to, that's the thing. If she were just to get to know him. Exactly. Exactly. I think if they were in she a room wouldn't together, be feeling so weird. Mm-hmm. They just need some time in the same room. I think mm-hmm. just, you know, I find eye contact makes it, it, it's hard to hate someone when you're looking them in the eye, you know, yes. it's very easy in the abstract to think of a person as as a villain, as someone maligning others, but you get in a room with someone and gosh, isn't it so much easier to remember that they're a a person with flaws? I swear, we need you to talk to all these world leaders right now because I mean, isn't that just so applicable to everything happening right now? If we were just all in the same room, none of this Mm -hmm. would be happening, I don't think. I don't think either. Um, And our, our thoughts and prayers with everyone affect you know you yeah. don't want our opinions we're just tv stars but our thoughts and prayers are with everyone let's just mm-hmm. we'll keep the net pretty wide yeah yeah with with everyone and again like if anyone's listening to this you know in in the say in the biden camp maybe just sit down and 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 get face to face with some with some people you know yeah and we do know that people from the biden camp have listened to this podcast at some point because we were able to reach the administration to get the the, sh- the shoe thing fixed for, for Perkum. Yeah. If that member of the Buttigieg camp is listening right now, maybe think about what we've said about, about geopolitics and, and think about running that up the chain. Well, we didn't even get to talk about Sammy's side hustle, but no worries. That oh. does continue throughout the rest of the season. Right. So you're not done with it yet. And uh, fun thing I just thought of is when did we start calling things a side hustle? Was this episode the first instance of someone calling something a side hustle? I wonder. Another question for Dom, um, because he's probably the one who wrote that in here. So we should have texted him, but don't worry, we'll do it now. And we'll be back with more information in, in future eps about the Sammy. I have to let you know that I did just Google this question. Oh, Okay. The earliest known use of the noun side hustle is in the 1950s. Oh, boy. Oxford English Dictionary clocks it um, in the Chicago Defender in an article in 1950. Oh, wow. Okay. Isn't that fun? Wow. Because in my mind, it began five years ago. (laughs) But no, apparently, uh, you know, the American people have been hustling on the side for extra money for probably as long as the country has existed, huh? Right. Because we're such a hardworking people, I think. Totally. And that's what makes us great. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this recap of season four, episode three. We can't wait to get to the rest of the season and especially to talk to our guest next week. I think you'll really enjoy that one. And as always, write in, let us know what you think, writingaroundpod at gmail.com. 
or you can tag us in any any post you want on Instagram. We ha- we are checking it, and the good folks at Mindcherry are also monitoring the account, so they'll send any messages our way. Um, that's at Riding Around Pod on Instagram. We have functionally left Twitter. We haven't deactivated right. our account, but we're just not over there much anymore. Or X, excuse me, I should say. So so don't try to find us there. But do keep an eye out for us on TikTok because we think we think Mind Cherry's gonna help us set up a TikTok account. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, so fun. And YouTube as well. Yeah. Sort of some side hustles of our own, if you will. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well thanks everyone. Have a wonderful week. Honk honk. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.